Get used to the mantra, all gas, no brake. going on everybody welcome back to the turn the just podcast i'm your host will parkinson at willpaw11 on twitter and instagram what a night for jets fans huge huge night i think it's gonna be a turning point um you know between last draft and this draft but last night felt you know as good as it possibly can to be a jets fan um you know everything kind of worked out the way we kind of had envisioned um i'm pretty happy with hitting both my mock draft picks obviously zach wilson was a lock and i'm not gonna brag about that but i'm very happy about getting elijah Vera tucker so the Jets, obviously, to recap last night for those who kind of were in and out watching, the Jets took, took Zach Wilson at two, took their time with the pick. Pretty pretty awesome moment between Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, Woody Johnson, for that matter, and Zach Wilson. Some of the comments, I, I really loved um, Robert Sala's comments to Zach Wilson about how he doesn't have to pick this franchise up where, you know, the franchise is going to pick him up and, and lead him to, you know, having a great successful career. And Joe Douglas talking about keeping, keeping football fun and, it was just something that I thought was, a, you know, a great moment watching Zach Wilson walk out. And look, I've def- I defended Sam forever. I love Sam, and I think Sam's in a good place down in Carolina. There's, you know, there was the argument between, you know, oh, we lost out on Trevor Lawrence, and then it was Justin Fields or Trey Lance or Mac Jones. And look, Zach Wilson's a Jet. Um, I-, I couldn't be more excited at this point because I think exceptional talent, especially arm talent, the moxie, confidence. Uh, bringing that a little bit of a swagger back to the Jets organization, kind of embodying his head coach and general manager, which I think is super, super important. Um, played, you know, played in this scheme. We broke down Wilson over and over again, but I think it was a really exciting moment last night watching him come out, you know, dapping up, dapping up the people in the crowd, fired up, let's go, right? So that was pretty, that was pretty cool to see as a Jets fan. I thought there was some excitement around the organization last night that we haven't felt in quite some time. And then you go to, you pick 14, all of a sudden, you know, you, you see the board kind of falling the way it did. Justin Fields, you know, didn't go four, but I, you know, I was, I was pretty, uh, I was pretty spot on with, with Trey Lance at three. I thought that was a great pick for the Niners. Then you, you go to four Kyle Pitts, the highest drafted tight end of all time. You keep, you know, the board starts falling out. The Bengals decide to go receiver, you know, over, you know, drafting that franchise tackle. The Lions took that franchise tackle. Miami, another team had a great night last night, in my opinion. Pick up Jalen Waddle, who's, you know, in my opinion, could be the next Tyreek Hill. So that's something as a Jets fan you're a little worrisome about, especially with the lack of corners on our roster. But, um, you know, that's not going to be not gonna be too down about that because they have to figure out two at first, right? So the board's playing out. Gets to pick eight. And, you know, the Jets already got Wilson, but now I'm starting to worry a little bit because – I don't think the Patriots are going to trade up, but I know they had talked to Carolina and then, you know, they get to pick eight and all of a sudden fields is still there. And you're like, Oh no, this is going to happen. Isn't it? They're going to trade up. And they, the Panthers end up taking JC Horn, a guy that I think me and, and most Jets fans loved in the beginning of the draft process, hopefully falling to 23 and then murdered his pro day, great interviews, et cetera. And, you know, the Panthers get a elite Stefan Gilmore like corner at their pick eight. Again, Fields is still on the board, and every single pick you're worrying is a Jets fan. Like the Patriots are going to get Justin Fields, aren't they? And they and they don't. And the Bears, you know, for not for a lack of trying, have tried to get a franchise quarterback similar to the Jets forever. 
and uh, end up with their guy, Justin Fields. I think it's one of the steals of the draft. Yes, did they give up an extra one and four and five? Sure, but if Fields is who I think he is and who I think most evaluators think, that picks a home run for the Bears, and they're a playoff-ready team now with an exciting, exciting young you know quarterback who you could argue some people had as their QB1. So, um, you know, great night, great night from that perspective. But all of a sudden, there's this, there's this slide of tackles. And as I'm watching Fields fall and I'm watching – Mac Jones, for that matter, fall, I guess. Uh, I think Mac Jones kind of went in the right range. We'll talk about that in a second. But all of a sudden, you know, Rashawn Slater's still on the board at 13. And I'm like, all right, Jets would probably trade up here because Rashawn Slater's going to be an all-pro level guard or at least a pro level tackle uh, if he continues to fall. The Chargers, no-brainer, have done a fantastic job this offseason of surrounding Justin Herbert with a new head coach and building a wall around him similar to what We'll get to in a second with the Jets. They take they take uh, they take Rashawn Slater, fantastic pick. Totally revamped their offensive line. I think they're going to be a force in the AFC West with Herbert, who put your uh, prop that's on the AFC West, uh, the AFC West young you know young stud quarterback for MVP because the amount of linemen they've now surrounded him with, new head coach, and the amount of weapons he had, and how good he looked last year. If you want to make some money, uh, I'd put it. I put in the prop bets now because I think you'll get some you know, some good value there. But with pick fourteen, the Vikings are up. I'm like, wow, Darisaw is still there, ADT is still there, Tevin Jenkins is still there. The Jets should trade up. It didn't cost it didn't cost a whole lot for teams that had been trading up. So I'm like, all, all of a sudden I see the Jets' name pop up. I'm like, let's freaking go. They're gonna get go get an off- offensive lineman. I thought maybe if they stayed at 23, I really thought it would be Edge um, or a Tevin Jenkins at that pick. And then if not, they could you know go trade back and go skill guy. But they trade up to Minnesota's pick. They give up. Um, they go give up 23. So obviously the first round of this year. And then 66 and 86, um, you know, both their third round picks, the Jamal Adams pick and their own. And they get back, obviously, 14. And then they get back Minnesota's four this year. So the Jets... Go up, get Elijah Vera Tucker. He's a guy that I think walks in immediately as so their starting left guard for the next 10 to 15 years. Him and Mekhi Becton next to each other, is they're going to mash skulls. They are – that offensive line, specifically the left side, is night and day from what the Jets have had since Shaw Ferguson, Brandon Moore, Nick Mangold, Damian Woody, Tannick, all these guys, you know, retired or, or moved, you know, moved on teams because Vera Tucker's – extremely solid he's you know a good rumble he's good in pass game he's good in the run game I think he projected better as a guard than he did as a tackle and yes would it be is it steep sometimes to think about oh they trade up for a guard the Jets guard play has not been good to say the least it's probably the weakest point on their team other that in corner so they need to address it we every all the fans have been screaming for it we need to address offensive line Joe Douglas now back-to-back drafts has gone Makai Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker taking home run swings at offensive line and if Vera Tucker is who I watched him at USC for the last few years, he's awesome. Uh, I think Jets fans should be really excited. He's a great guy. He's a great football player. And like I said, him next to Mekhi Becton, I could be playing running back and I think get at least 50 to 75 yards a game. So you throw in a guy like who they can potentially add day two, day three, plus with Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, P. Ryan, guys like that, should see much more success. And then just protecting Zach Wilson's blind side with an entire – but now that from center to the left side of the offensive line, McGovern should drastically improve with Vera Tucker next to him. McBecton should drastically improve with Vera Tucker next to him. And Vera Tucker should 
come in and be an instant success and really good because of who he's now got next to him with Becton and McGovern, right? So it all, it all kind of works as a unit. The right side of the offensive line does need to get shored up, but and we'll get to that in a second. But the only thing I was worried about is, oh, no, did the Jets just give up a future one? Did the Jets give up, you know, 34 and a future two, and they gave up the sand pick? Like, how did this trade work out? They got – they gave up two threes, and then they got a four back. So it could be – it could have been a lot worse. Minnesota ended up getting their guy. I think Minnesota, the trade worked out for great as well, to be honest with you. But the Jets get their guy. They end up the first night of the draft with their future franchise stud quarterback, which they hope, right? And then they end up with a future absolute stud left guard to play next to their all or their future, hopefully all pro left tackle. That's about as good as you can ask for. The Jets go offensive line and offense back-to-back drafts in the first round. I expect them to continue to add to the offensive side of the football. Now, there's a lot of guys available at 34, but um, we'll just cover Mac Jones real quick because obviously the Patriots make the move with Mac Jones. Um, you know, I don't know how I feel about it. I, I don't think Mac Jones is a bad prospect. He's going to a team that's very much in win-now mode, and they spent a boatload of money in free agency. I expect them to continue to, you know, add to the offensive side of the ball and corner in this draft and, you know, It'll be interesting to see how him and Cam, that dynamic goes, because Mac Jones is supposed to be that play now guy, right? Trey Lance going three, they have Jimmy G. Trey Lance probably won't play right away, and I think that's great for him. Justin Fields might not start week one, but I expect by week eight he'll have overtaken Andy Dalton and hopefully, for the Bears' sake, take that team to the playoffs and go on a little bit of a run, similar to how Lamar kind of came in for Flacco, and they went on a little run in, in 20, uh, 2018. So, look, if the worst case scenario was the Patriots getting Trey Lance or, Matt, or Trey Lance or Justin Fields and the Dolphins, um, you know, ending up with Kyle Pitts, neither happened. I think Waddle's a really nice player. I think they ended up with Jalen Phillips also, who's a really nice player. And the Dolphins did well, but it's all up to Tua. The Bills, I feel like, reached um, with their pick. And then the Patriots end up with Mac Jones, which truthfully – doesn't scare me anywhere near as much as um, I'm sure I'll come back to eat my words on this, but what does not scare me the way, um, you know, Justin Fields and Trey Lance in New England would have. So I think they, they, they could not have gone better for the Jets, right? They didn't have to give up a ton to go up and get their guy, Elijah Vera Tucker, who again, I am pumped about. If you're not pumped about, go watch him actually mash goals on YouTube. If you haven't already, they get Zach Wilson, which we already knew, but it was a really exciting moment as a Jets fan. And then, the board fell so fantastically for them at 34, right? They go into the night. I'm thinking, all right, they're definitely trading back from 34 now. They'll recoup one, if not two, you know, third round picks to move back in the second round. Um, now I'm not so sure because maybe they do trade back, right? And there's always that possibility. But man, I, I, I mean, that board is stacked for them. JOK would be a home run at 34 for me. All of a sudden, they run a 4-2-5 scheme half the time in non-running downs, and they can play Mosley and JOK at linebacker. JOK can cover anybody. And now you can play Joyner, Davis, and May all at safety would protect your corners and get after the passer with Q, uh, you know, Rankins, JFM, you know, the – the list goes on, obviously, Carl Lawson, right? So, you know, you look at some of the best players available on the board, JOK is still there. Aziz Ojolari, who I mocked to them at 34, shocked he's still there. I think he's awesome. Um, we'll see if the knee is a problem. That's the one thing I would uh, be concerned about. 
Offensive line-wise, Freed Humphrey, Tevin Jenkins would take both of them. Rondell Moore, Elijah Moore, explosive playmakers. He could add a new dimension, home run threat to this Jets offense. Javante Williams, if you really want to go running back. Um, there's a lot. There's a, there's a million more guys as well um, we can you know list. But those are guys that I thought could maybe hopefully be there for the Jets at 34. I thought JOK would be off the board earlier than that. I'm, I'm shocked Buffalo didn't take him, I guess. Um, you know, you look at some of the, the pieces they have on defense, you know, Tremaine, or Tremaine Evans and stuff like that. But look, end of the day, as a Jets fan, you look at you look at it three ways. Franchise quarterback, you hope, check, right? Checks all the boxes, should be a home. I think he, with the way the Jets are building this thing and the confidence I have in Salah, and quite frankly, Joe Douglas to hit, you know, hit this thing out of the ballpark, it can't be understated. We talk about the Adam Gase factor, play calling wise. We talked about it in the locker room. Adam Gase in the draft is not an easy thing either. The guy was manipulative. He could get a control over anything. And I think a lot of those picks in the mid rounds, what I'm hoping is that Robert Mays made this point in the podcast. There's definitely picks that Joe Douglas kind of threw him a bone on, I'm sure. And you don't know in the James Morgan pick and, and things like that. So I'm hoping Douglas and Sala, that combination is so confident in themselves that the board played out. Remember the two couple of things I, I mentioned on Twitter and I mentioned on the pod on, uh, on Wednesday. And I think I mentioned it on Monday as well. Meet best player available with need. Wilson met that. Elijah Vera Tucker met that. If they stay at 34, based on who's available on the board, I would expect them, if they go defense, to go Ojolari, who I think they definitely – I'm sure they had a first-round grade on, and I'll check on that, but he is an exceptional, exceptional scream off the edge guy, and all of a sudden now you can really, you know, wind up that defense with Lawson and Ojolari, which I talked about. JOK gives them flexibility and versatility at 34. Um, you know, only playing in 215 and probably could add some weight. He's not Jamal Adams, I would say. He's more Jeremy Chin. He's more Buda Baker. He's more of these guys that can cover and come up in the run game and hit somebody. Um, I don't think he's the. I don't think he's the opposite where he's. You know, we're going to call him Blitz Boy and, and et cetera. Right? He'd be great value at thirty four. They could double down an offensive line. They could go a Creed Humphrey and kick him the guard or kick McGovern the guard, and all of a sudden now your offensive line goes from bottom five to. We should be at least middle of the road at worst if these guys are only decent. If they're really good, we're all of a sudden a top 10 offensive line. That's pretty exciting. <laughs> um, you could go Tevin Jenkins and, you know, kick him in the guard and then play Fant, you know, for one year, cut him and then and move on. You could also add a weapon. There's a lot of weapons available. The Jets were talked about with Rondell Moore. They were talked about with Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore, I'm shocked, didn't go in the first round, to be honest. I thought Green Bay would have been a home run for him. So little little shock there, but, um, you know, Green Bay, again, drafting defense for the ninth out of the 10th um, last 10 years on defense and, and not getting Aaron Rodgers more help, even though he wants out. So that was puzzling to say the least. Um, Elijah Moore, like I said, Elijah Moore, Rondo Moore would be exciting. You could go running back, which I don't think fans would love, but a Javante there, I think it's probably better value if you, um, if you don't do that, but, and if you did that and trade back, maybe, maybe a little different story, you could go corner, Milanfanu, you could go, Asante Samuel. Um, there's a lot of options. I just think that the last night was one of those nights as a Jets fan. I didn't have to panic. I felt really good about what Douglas was going to do. I felt even better when he did it. <laughs> um, you know, I've gotten some texts and, and calls. Oh, they took a guard at 14. 
yeah, well, they took a guard who's going to play that for the next 10 to 15 years next year, franchise left tackle, and they should make themselves awesome. And he was a guy I wanted at 23. He's a guy the Jets mentioned. Joe Douglas said this. He had him in this top 10 on his big board. So if you look at the Jets got value at 14, quite frankly, if that's a guy that's on your, you know, in your top 10, um, they didn't have to give up a ton. Like I said, they gave the two third round picks. Douglas has already talked about trading back into the third round, whether that means trading back from 34 to recoup picks or using those multiple fours, multiple fives, multiple sixes. Um, the Jets have, I'm excited. Day two should be a fun day. Um, there's a lot of things that happen on day two. Douglas, like I said, if I had to put my money on it, Douglas trades back probably between five and 10 picks to get an extra third rounder. And then, um, you know, sees how the board plays out, but if they love somebody go get them, you know, I'd rather come out of the draft with four starters that all contribute right away. than two and a half, because you get cute trying to get the extra picks. The Jets have 11 picks next year as well. Two ones, two twos, um, you know, another, an extra four. So they have a lot of, they have a lot of assets they can use the Jets. Like I said, uh, me and Joe talked about the other day, um, get getting four starters out of this draft minimum similar to 06 four starters and a contributor contributor maybe a special teams guy um look last year they they kind of technically got three starters i don't really want to count braden man but they got two starters plus pierre contributed and ashton davis contributed so it's not as crazy as you think but now you're starting to look at the jets roster shape out we'll have you covered we have some awesome awesome guests coming up post post draft you guys are not going to want to miss some of these these are these are big names but um you're, you're starting to see that offensive line shape out quarterback position obviously solidified now now go get some pieces to add to the corner room corner weak inside, weak inside linebacker both needs on defense could always use edge um, you know you, you want to get after the passer robert sell prides himself on that offensive side of the ball right guard right guard or right tackle, depending upon who's available. Tight ends an issue. They could add a receiver. They can add it running back. So a lot of picks, a lot of positions to fill, but great night as a Jets fan. People should be pumped up right now. Again, address two huge needs. Great value on both, you know, based on where the Jets had them. And then the AFC East as a whole, you didn't get totally screwed with Justin Fields in New England. You didn't get totally screwed with Kyle Pitts in, in Miami. Um, you know, Buffalo, I think reached at 30. I was a little worried they were going to end up with an at the end or Najee Harris and kind of terrorize the Jets, even though the, you know, cause Buffalo was in a position to take a running back, not Pittsburgh, who has no offensive line taking a running back or Jacksonville drafting a running back and then saying that's going to be their third down guy. So we'll have you covered throughout the weekend. Badlands pod dropping today as well. Continue to watch Connor and Joe um, draft season boards have you covered as well. And then, um, you know, I'll have a pod drop tomorrow, uh, recapping day two, and then I'll have a, a full recap pod on Sunday night, uh, recapping day one, day two, day three, where the Jets stand. And then going forward, like I said, huge guests coming on the pod. We'll start to get you ready as the roster takes shape and then the schedule comes out in two weeks. So a lot of really exciting stuff. Make sure to stay tuned, but awesome night. Awesome freaking night as a Jets fan. O-line quarterback let's go score some points and uh yeah we'll go from there make sure to continue to follow the pod subscribe rate review and uh yeah we'll uh we'll talk to you guys tomorrow night and uh you know hopefully we'll have some more exciting stuff to talk about even a landon dickerson by the way it's the guy i left out but 
um we'll continue to you know have more to talk about and uh you know let's freaking go